1: This is episode two of Outlander Cast. People disappear all the time. Most are found. Eventually. Disappearances, after all, have explanations. Usually. to outlander cast with Mary and Blake it's a podcast dedicated to the show outlander on stars of Host Mary,
0: my name is Blake, and I would love to have sex in a rundown castle.
1: Wow, you just went there. I did. Wow,
0: I did. I'm taking it full throttle.
1: <laughs> well, as we said, welcome to Outlander Cast, <laughs> and now that we know your fantasy, Blake, let's talk about this pilot episode. Some of you watched it ahead of time because Stars was just awesome, mm-hmm. and they released it. Can we talk about that for a second? How Stars said, "You know what, world." We know that you're excited about Outlander. We know that you are so excited that we're going to purposefully
0: leak the first pilot episode online. It's a smart choice on their behalf. They know what they're doing. You know, they're drumming up interest in a network that, let's be honest, it's nowhere near as successful as either HBO or Showtime. And then they need something to grasp onto. The shows that they have already, like, uh, uh, the, the Crossbones show, and the, the one about pirates, it, like, sucks. You know, then they had Da Vinci's Demons. That show sucks, too. So they're putting a lot of their money and effort into this one. And it showed. That this pilot, it, it, oh, my God, it was an absolutely stunning, stunningly beautiful pi- pilot. Fantastic.
1: Do you think that this might become a trend where... Shows will actually pilot episodes will be released beforehand before it actually comes out on air.
0: Yes, I do, and I think this has happened before in some cases. I think like I think they did this for Homeland, um, from what I recall, uh, and I'm I'm also fairly positive they might have done it with Dexter. Ah, I think I, I can't recall exactly, but what I'm saying is this has happened before, and I think this should continue happening, except especially if, again for a network like stars who just isn't as popular or as big as the other premium ch- channel uh, networks.
1: Do you think a lot of people, you know, do you, would it help to have it released like what's this buzz? Why would they do it?
0: Because again, to bring people to their network and also to get more fans to a show that they've spent a lot of money on. I mean, you can tell from the effects and from the settings and from like the the big the big sets themselves. They spent a lot of bread on this, and they have to drum up interest because if they can't justify the production cost of doing a show like this, they, I mean, they're filming it in Scotland. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. You know, they're they'll they're filming that show over in
1: Iceland, Iceland, and Ireland, over all over the yeah. place
0: and they're spending like a million bucks an episode.
1: I think it was brilliant for this sole reason. They're releasing it in August, which truth be told is a huge vacation month. Mm-hmm. And they're releasing it on a Saturday night. Oh, I know. So if you don't already have, I mean, there's a huge fan base for Outlander. But if you're not already an Outlander fan, if you haven't necessarily been seeing the ads on TV, if you're not a Stars subscriber, for example, too, you might totally miss Outlander. And maybe you'll catch a hold of it in a couple of months but I think it was so smart because by doing this they got people on vacation they got people who might not even be watching that much TV Mm -hmm. but who are on their phones who are on their tablets and made it easily accessible. And they said, we know you're on vacation. Set your DVRs. Yeah. Even if you're not going to be home on a Saturday night, maybe you're at the beach. Maybe you're at the Cape. Make sure to plan on watching the show on Saturday nights. And for people like Blake and I who have a baby at home, <laughs> we can't wait to have something cool to do on Saturday nights. It's <laughs> Saturday nights usually are like Rent a movie on demand, and there hasn't really been anything good.
0: <laughs> Order a pizza. Yeah,
1: we're, we're pretty pretty high class. And so. then maybe,
0: maybe podcast. I don't know. We'll see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now we will be. Now we will be podcasting. So let's talk about this episode. Episode one. Let's chat about the title.
0: Sassanok. Ooh. Ooh it just, I just I, love it, that name. It just sounds great, right? I feel, I feel like a good Scott uh, are you Scottish? No, God, no. I'm Irish. Don't,
1: don't say God, no. I'm really Scottish. Yeah. You had this long conversation with me last night. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> Goodness gracious. No, I'm Irish. I'm Irish. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, we're basically cousins. So, you know, whatever. I'm okay with that. All right. I mean, not you and I cousins, but like the heritage.
1: Okay, okay. So you understand the title. Explain it a little bit for those people who don't know what that word means.
0: Sassanach is... Uh, the, term. It, the term. The yeah, term. There you go. Thank you. The term for outlander or someone that's not you know for scottish um,
1: yeah you go you so know? it's pretty much like calling someone an alien yeah. right now
0: it's bro not, you're not from here <laughs> yeah
1: when when claire actually says oh these people called me a sasanak it made me feel like hermione when she said they called me a mudblood like it's not really a good term it's not like someone's calling you
0: something really friendly all right all right time out just for those of you who have not listened to us yet on our other podcasts Mary has an unhealthy obsession with Harry Potter. And in every single podcast that we do, somehow, some way, <laughs> she finds a way to introduce Harry Potter into the mix.
1: It's, you know, I live breathe Harry Potter. I and I now I'm going to be living and breathing Outlander. So hopefully you don't have a problem with it, but that's how I felt. I felt like it was a dirty word. But before we talk
0: about the journey Ness,
1: mm-hmm. let's talk about the beautiful shots. In that first scene of the Highlands.
0: Oh, my God. Gorgeous. I have to give real credit to Neville Kidd. Who's Neville Kidd, right? He is the cinematographer of this show. Ah. And what cinematographers do, they are what's called directors of photography. And the other term is cinematographer. What they do is they set up shots of what, they're, of what the director wants to film. They help create the light they they actually get the shot they they are the ones who take the physical shot of what the director wants and they they set the mood they set the lighting basically the people anything that you see they are the people that are in charge of it like the physical actual film itself
1: they are the artists
0: they' are the artists I mean directors clearly have a uh, they're tell, the boss, tell them man. what they, they're, they're the boss <laughs> and we all know directors guys like Steven Spielberg, George lucas, Christopher Nolan. What you don't know are their cinematographers. Wally Pfister is, is a famous one for Christopher Nolan. And this guy, Neville Kidd, who actually has done a lot of TV shows, but most recently uh, did the did cinematography for Sherlock. If you're into that show Sherlock, uh, he did the most recent episode of Sherlock, the, the finale of season three, which was phenomenal, by the way. If you, if you have not seen that show Sherlock, oh my God. You know how Mary has an unhealthy crush or obsession with Harry Potter? <laughs> I have a seriously, like, inappropriate crush on Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: Now, mind you, Blake is married to me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but he does I love got a, Benedict. I got
0: a man crush. I <laughs> Love it. I got a man crush. What do you want me? What do you want from me?
1: So now you must be even more excited because Neville works with Benedict yes, and he now works with the entire cast of Outlander. Yes, that's These correct. shots of the Highlands make you fall in love with Scotland, make you want to plan a trip mm-hmm. to head on over. So we are introduced to Claire and Frank because they're on their second honeymoon second driving honeymoon. through the Highlands. What did you think about their relationship?
0: You know, I liked their relationship. I think it's hard for me to grasp what their relationship's like. Coming after the war, They've been away from each other for five years. It almost felt awkward. It almost felt like they couldn't relate to each other. Now, I I promise, I swear to God, I'm not going to keep referring to the books. Obviously, I didn't read it. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, in the book, I wonder if it's like this or whatever. But in the book, I I wonder how it comes out, their relationship. I wonder how involved they are with each other and if it's if it was as awkward as i felt that it was I, I in the show i think it
1: was yeah it definitely was like they, they didn't they didn't know how to interact
0: and you could tell and, and and i i like uh the the actress i like her i think she does a good job as claire i think she's fun i think she's a strong character just from the way that they portrayed her mm-hmm. but I, I also feel like she's a little insecure about who she is now you know, but talking about the vase in the beginning or the vase, you know, I always want to have like a British accent, by the way. <laughs> you know, I, I, I always wanted to have like that accent that makes you sound wicked smart. Yeah. You know, and of course, I have a really seriously thick Boston accent, which makes me sound like a total d- idiot. <laughs> no. Whatever. Hey, it's, it's how it goes.
1: I liked that as a couple, Claire and Frank were trying. You know, this must have been such a common and still is such a common problem. I have a lot of friends who are in the armed forces and they are away for a year or longer and then maybe they come back and they head on off. And this is a serious issue that many people went through during the war, the Great Wars, during the World Wars, and are still going through today. And I thought it was so interesting to have a peek into this kind of relationship. You know, Blake and I have been together now for seven years and we probably max have spent, what? a month apart when I was in Bali yep. and that was it and that was torture and you see these people who hadn't seen each other in several years and they're really really trying and Claire looks at that face that was such a beautiful shot and she wonders about wow I'd never had a home I've, never, I could, I've never had
0: anything like of that kind of beauty or magnitude
1: that would stay yeah and she, she thinks about this vase and it was such a gorgeous shot. And I loved that little way how, you know, her hair was blowing. Once again, cinematography, props to Neville.
0: I think it's a good relationship. I think they're, like you said, they're trying. Mm-hmm. They're, they're giving it an honest shot. And I truly believe that Frank loves Claire. And Claire loves Frank. I, I really believe that. But the problem that I felt from this first episode was they were on two different levels. This whole episode. And the only thing that they could rely on between each other was sex. Not that, hey, trust me, there ain't no problem with relying on sex. I love sex. Sex is great. This guy comes back from from war. He's dealing with, as they mentioned, uh, intelligence agencies, sending people off to death. He sent 12 people off to death and it still bothers him. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a nurse. She's taking care of a guy whose whole leg is... Ripped apart, she's trying to put back together ephemeral artery, and she's seeing all this. How do you come back together after that how do you how do you carry on your relationship after that? You know he's interested in history he's he's going to be a professor over at Oxford. she's discovered her love of botany, you know, and when they're on vacation, they're going through the highlands and he's talking about this and he's talking about the the cox rock, whatever the heck the name of that thing is <laughs> and and it, and she's looking out all these Huck little and ruck. yeah that that thing too and then she's looking at flowers and they just they have nothing holding each other together he's off with the reverend she's reading a book he's doing this she's doing that there's nothing holding them together quite yet
1: except
0: except sex yes which is great i love sex who you, doesn't
1: you know they're on their honeymoon when in rome and when in vernesse i guess is really <laughs> what should be happening and they talk the voiceover of Claire, Claire says, you know, that this is how they would always get back together. And I loved when uh, Reverend Wakefield's housekeeper, Mrs. Graham, reads the tea leaves and oh. then reads Claire's palm and basically is like, whoa, girl, <laughs> your husband is lucky because yeah. he is not going to be strained from your bed. And sure enough, we see that when they visit ca- the castle, Castle Yuck. and oh, yeah. uh,
0: She basically tells him, yo. Bro, yeah, help she, a sister out. <laughs> she,
1: she's pretty forceful with that. I was impressed. How did you feel about that? Seeing such a uh, a sexually proud woman, a female character.
0: I'm into it. And not because I love sex, which I do. Obviously, I've said that now about a billion times in this episode. But you don't see that a whole lot on TV. Correct. You know? And uh, it's I could see how it would be a little off-putting for some people. I could see it would be like, kind of foreign because usually the males are the ones who are so sexually charged she is always the one that is initiating with frank is that because frank just doesn't know how to get it get it on like he doesn't know how to approach her anymore no I, or is it just because she's the one that is just activates him? i
1: think she's just the one that initiates and maybe frank doesn't want to be overstepping you know mm-hmm. he's trying to be a kind new new husband to be honest he's and- such a
0: nerd boy he really is. I
1: love nerds. So. <laughs> yeah, you
0: do. <laughs> One of the things that always kind of bothers me about TV shows, mm-hmm. and not necessarily movies, but TV shows, are voiceovers. The only television show that I felt did it properly was Dexter. Now, I know you never watch Dexter, but for those of you... It was too bloody for me. You, you watch Game of Thrones. I still don't get this. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why... Okay, Whatever. Dexter was phenomenal. I felt that it added to the show. And I don't know if her voiceovers quite yet add to the show. Claire's. Claire's, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it adds to it yet. Maybe it's just because that's an affectation of the pilot. Pilots are meant to hold your hand. They're meant to guide the audience. They they literally take it for granted, or they, they don't take it for granted, that you have ever watched TV before. You know, as pilots, they have to literally guide you every single step of the way. I wonder how much we're going to get of these voiceovers because sometimes it's distracting. Mm -hmm. It it takes you out of the moment in a show like this. That's extremely cinematic. You can't rely on those things because you're enveloping yourself into this world.
1: I didn't find it very distracting. As a book reader, I sat there and I thought, oh, okay, this is how they're going to catch non-book readers up to snuff. Yeah, because they
0: they have to have the exposition. They have to get you, the, the reader, I mean, sorry, they have to get the viewer all of that information, somehow, some way, They have to catch you up.
1: There were some instances where I thought, did she really need to voice over that? Did she really have to say, I like botany? When you're touching flowers so many times. (laughs) We
0: get it, I promise. Yeah,
1: and you're looking at flower books. So there were some moments where I thought, I don't really think a voiceover was truly necessary there. But nonetheless. So we learn a lot about Frank, that he loves history, he loves genealogy, especially his own. When he's talking to Reverend Wakefield, He gets
0: really excited about Blackjack, Randall. Hey, guys. I got an ancestor that could have been here. You know, like, he's such a freaking nerd boy.
1: Oh, but once again, I love nerds.
0: But he's, I got to give him credit, though. And I have to give props because he's out there. He's searching for his ancestors. And honestly, if I found an ancestor of mine that lived, you know, somewhere in Boston and and, and fought the British somewhere and kicked, kicked some serious butt. You know, being a history major myself, I got my degree in it. Yeah, I'd kind of, I'd kind of geek out too.
1: Frank stays late with Reverend Wakefield because he's pumped about learning about all of these fun little facts, and uh, he walks home that evening to see a stranger staring longingly at Claire as she's brushing her hair. Yeah. What did you think about that scene?
0: Okay, first, if that were me, I would have been like, hey. If, if you were Frank. If I was Frank, I wouldn't have like been so like straight up cool. With this guy that was staring at my wife, I would have immediately ran and punched that guy in the face. There's no way I'm letting some random dude look at you longingly in a mirror, but that's because I'm not a nice person, I guess. I don't know if the person was real. Because you know they they are talking about that the fact that it's Halloween, it's Halloween, and it could have been just one of those little props that said, "Oh well, you know, ghosts do come out." That's what the uh, that's what they ended up saying. The Reverend's wife was it? Oh no, his housekeeper, Mrs. Graham. It was the housekeeper. Yeah, sorry.
1: Oh no, and uh, the the woman who owned the bed and breakfast.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, the the bed and breakfast with all the 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 blood <laughs> over everything. Guess. And I was like, "What is this?" Right? You know, but maybe they put that in there for a purpose. I mean, we are talking about a show with time travel, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that ghosts could exist in this show. Yes. Now, I wonder, okay, here's a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. The ghost. When we, we know that Claire ends up going back in time. Correct. Okay, great. Is this ghost that of jamie we know
1: that it was a scotsman frank was saying that you know he looked like he was wearing a kilt Mm -hmm. you couldn't see his face that's why i'm I'm wondering
0: this is gonna be my theory
1: mm -hmm. okay is it jamie that is your theory of the week
0: that's gonna be uh, well yeah okay we just i just ruined it but (laughs) when we get to it okay you know what screw it my theory of the week is that the ghost that you saw that that what's his name ran into frank. frank yeah sorry i'm I'm losing my track of my names here that's gonna be jamie guaranteed i'm okay. I'm sticking to it
1: all right so frank then comes in and pretty much gives claire uh, a tough question he gives says her the business right he says hey there was some scott out there looking at you maybe he was a ghost or maybe you've been cheating on me <laughs> what frank oh my god that was so rude and yet a lot of time has passed mm-hmm. you know and he was very sweet where he was like it's okay if you did i'm just asking do you think either of them cheated on each other in that long no i don't even with claire's
0: or sexually charged nature yes, yes. <laughs> no i don't uh because i truly believe that she loves him mm-hmm. and he loves her i really do mm-hmm. uh, just from the way they interacted. Because even though when he said, hey, did you cheat on me? He then turns around and says, you know what? I'm so sorry. That was really dumb. Can you forgive me? And, and, and I say that and I believe it because that is exactly how I probably would have interacted with you if I thought that you cheated on me. And you were like, what? No. What the hell are you talking about? I would have been like, yeah, you know what? That was That was kind of dumb of me.
1: Then Frank changes tones. He's like, hey, guess what? Let's well after they have yeah, sex
0: after they get it on. You know
1: he says let's wake up early and go see the witches the druids at Craig na Dune. They wake up early
0: they and they will,
1: go. They <laughs> drive on up and they go and they say Mrs. Mrs. Graham the woman who was doing the tea leaves and reading her palm <laughs>
0: How great was that?
1: And she was one of the dancers. These dancers were beautiful. Oh
0: God, it would kind of remind me of Lord of the Dance.
1: Except not. Except,
0: like, but Druids.
1: Yeah, and not foot stomping all, <laughs> all over the place.
0: Every time I hear Druids, I all, <laughs> all I think of is Spaceballs <laughs> with the uh, princess, Princess Vespa. Okay. Princess Vespa of Druidia. I think I've only seen Spaceballs once. And, then, and the guy's like, great, that's all I need, a Druish princess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. It's all I think of I I thought time. the
1: dance was great. I thought the music. I loved this whole little montage. At first I thought, uh oh, here we go. Dance sequence. How long is this gonna take? But it, it really captivated you and it really made it have this magical feel. I don't know how they kept those flames from blowing out when they kept twirling around. I know,
0: right? Now now this now I've already given credit to Neville, Neville Kidd. Now you have to give credit to John Dahl. Who's John Dahl? He is the director of this episode. The way that he directed those shots, the way that he positioned the cameras and and, and the pacing of this dance, oh my God. And when you when you combine that with Neville Kid's cinematography, it was absolutely stunning. It to me, this was my favorite moment of the entire show so far. Really? Yeah, it really was. It really was. When you combine the dancing with the the lamps and the beautiful music from Bear McCreary, who is just killing it in this show, too.
1: I mean, even in just one episode, you can't help but love him already. Oh, my God. What
0: a great composer. When you, when, and you do that, and then you combine that with the sunrise and the sun peeking up out of that and how it hit the stones, how it hit the dancers. Oh, my God. It was one of my favorite epi- uh, scenes. Of this show, and, and and pretty much of any show that I've seen in the past year or so,
1: it was just in one word, beautiful.
0: It really was, and it, it, it kind of entranced you. It kind of brought you in to that ceremony. You know, you got lost in it for a minute. Now, who knows? You know, if that dance did anything, if that brought out that certain power of the rock formation, which which eventually made Claire go back in time. Who knows if that actually did? But you could get behind the idea that something special was happening there. Mm -hmm. It's more than just, oh, these, you know, druids getting there and doing whatever they're doing. Something was being conjured there. You know, you you, you could really tell. You could feel it. You were totally enveloped by that feeling.
1: Well, so that feeling continued because shortly the next day, Claire says that she wants to go and pick some more flowers. Once again, we didn't need the voiceover telling us we, that she loved flowers. I just love botany. <laughs> yes. So she drives on over and heads on back to Craig Nadun and decides to s- touch this stone because it's windy and, you know. She
0: heard a, heard, she heard a sound out of it. Yeah. Like she She heard something funny. I got to give credit to John Dahl again because he could have gone like super crazy with the effect of going back in time. He could have had, like, all these blurring motions. He could have had, like, this really awkward sound. It could have been very jarring. But in this case, less was extremely more. And it was just jarring enough for you, the viewer, that you knew, whoa, something different's happening here. What, oh, and, it, you know, you, obviously you knew from the trailer that she was going back in time, but you weren't exactly sure, if you haven't read the book like me, when she was going to go. Yes. And then you realize, oh, It's happening now. Okay, now I prepare myself to see what's gonna happen going forward.
1: This was my favorite scene of the episode. I loved when she's walking around, kinda confused, <laughs> looking for her, you know, car and everything. But the music, once she gets shot at by the red coats and Aww. it's this loud, fun, blaring piece, way to go bear. Um, I, I loved it. I loved how she said, you know, Oh, I thought I had stepped into a movie set, but they don't shoot live ammunition, so she's running amok, and then she ends up meeting Frank. Oh, not Frank. <laughs> blackjack randall who is the same actor as frank how do you like that it's the same exact actor
0: you know okay when it comes to stuff like this i wish they had kind of like found twins found not not found a twin but found somebody that was similar or maybe her husband should have been similar to the guy that's going to be playing blackjack or vice versa whatever the larger role is the guy that they cast for this role should go to the larger role you know what i mean because to have the same exact dude like i i'm telling you my ancestors back in the late seventeenth century or eighteenth century, they don't look exactly like me It, it just doesn't happen, but I understand they got they cast this guy, he's got to have the role you can't fit, you can't do that like logically logically you're supposed to, but just practically, it would be impossible. Well,
1: they had to do it. As a book reader, she notices that his hands are the same and yeah. she, she actually gets touched by him and she's like, oh, she sees Frank's hand. So I think that they ha- they didn't have a choice. They had to do this because he had to look familiar to her.
0: I also have trouble with this actor. Tobias. I, I, I really like him. I honest to God do. I think okay. he's a great actor. The only things that I've seen him in are... Game of Thrones, he played a, he played like the Edmure Tully, who is just a loser in the show, and he also played Brutus in that show, Rome, oh, on yes. HBO. Now, he was such a sniveling little dink in that show. In Rome. In Rome, mm-hmm. that I can't take this guy seriously anymore. I, I, I can't do it.
1: I'll tell you this. He will not be a sniveling little guy as Blackjack. Randall. Oh God, so no! He's going
0: to change your opinion, and that and that in and of itself. When I eventually seen him, really get into that role of being Blackjack, it it kind of turned my focus around a little bit, mm-hmm. and you could actually see that he actually I think he enjoys playing Blackjack a lot more than he does playing Frank.
1: Of course, and so would anybody. Any actor would be like, "All oh, right, great, I get to be the I
0: get to be the villain." God, when she runs into him and he's just he's looking at her and he's like being cool with her at first, and then all of a sudden she decides I'm I'm gonna take off, and he brings that sword to her throat. Oh, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take what I want,"
1: because he thinks she's a whore.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I don't blame him because he he he's he's a he you don't can't. blame
1: him for what? Excuse me, clarify because that is a little.
0: Well, let, let me finish. Sorry, let, uh, let me amplify.
1: You don't blame him for attacking her no, or no, for no. thinking she was... I don't
0: blame him for thinking that she was a whore. Okay. Now, the reason why I say that is because for two things. Number one, she's dressed kind of funky. At least according to him, she's dressed funky. Number two, she's kind of dirty. She's, she's just walking alone in the middle of this battle scene. Number three, he is the captain of the 8th Brigade of Dragoons of, of the British Army. He is a freaking badass. Who in the world is going to tell him no? You know? And especially with that kind of attitude and rep that he that he is garnering. At you know this who tells time. him no? Who?
1: Pretty much Frodo. Like <laughs> some little <laughs> hobbit jumps out of the woods, hits him over the head.
0: <laughs> wait, 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 it, was, it wasn't Sam wise? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: what, what is it that Gollum says? He's like, Something little hobbit. I don't know. He says some little bad thing. I'll have to find it. But that's that's kind of what I thought when he stupid little hobbits. Yes, that's
0: exactly it. I got you.
1: That's what I felt like. Blackjack was mumbling when he had to wake up and touch his head. Yes, Um, but anyway, it's it's not a hobbit. It's a Highlander, and takes Claire off, and she ends up coming into this house with a bunch of hairy, probably sweaty, dirty men. (laughs) <laughs> who have beards and they're trying to get away except one of them, the, the least hairy, has uh, his arm out of its socket. Oh,
0: God. What an awesome scene that was. Seeing that the, the shoulder go back into the socket the way they did that. Out of great props to the special effects people or makeup people or whoever did that. Maybe the guy's arm really does that. Maybe it does pop out of his socket. <laughs> I who knows? doubt it. But like, Whoa right that was that was awesome and how she's like don't you dare do that you'll break his arm you like you like my little girl british accent yeah you're you're a pretty good don't player. you dare you know <laughs>
1: i'm surprised you weren't hired to do the audiobook <laughs> wow but well who is this person whose arm she's fixing it's jamie yep now do you know anything about jamie
0: don't know a thing about jamie except that he's dreamy oh He is dreamy.
1: I think he's dreamy automatically because he doesn't have a scruffy beard compared to everybody else. You know, he's definitely the most clean cut person that there is. So she helps Jamie fix his arm and pretty much blows her cover that... She's a nurse and they all listen to her quite easily, which blew my mind for 1743 for all of these guys just to listen to her. But really, Claire just kind of dominated the room at that moment and said, if you do that, you're going to break
0: his arm. Especially like the, like the leader Scotsman. Mm-hmm. You know, His name is, uh, the real guy's name is Graham McTavish. You know who he is? Who? He is, uh, he's, a, he's in um, The Hobbit he plays one of the one of the dwarves oh yeah his name the the Dwayland he is one of the dwarves
1: I'm gonna have to go back and look now and I I was like I'm like I know this guy let's get back to the highlands
0: yeah all these
1: guys are running on the horse Claire's riding with Jamie trying to help him out and they come across Cocknum and Rock and she was like oh I remember seeing that just the other day. She, she,
0: (laughs) wait, what was that again?
1: (laughs) Oh, wait a second. I remember my husband telling me that many British people would uh, wait there and capture some Scots. So, she just kind of like tells him like, hey guys, I kind of think that British people hang out there and for one second, you know, they kind of look at her like, you've got to be kidding me but maybe we should listen to her and sure enough, there was an ambush. Girlfriend's going to get in trouble for that.
0: Yeah, but I'm not sure if she's going to get in trouble More like, how the hell did you know that
1: exactly?
0: Like, where did that information come from? Are you psychic? And she says, "Oh, I get it from the village, you know." But like, come on, these these Scots—they they've been around. They ain't that dumb. I mean, they don't know what iodine is. I get it. How first of all, how's how does a woman know this information? Secondly,
1: H. Roosevelt, Christ, seriously.
0: (laughs) Secondly, okay, village. What village are you from? All right. Uh, they, how are these questions not coming up? I mean, I go, I get well, they're that they're in they, the middle of battle. Well, uh, afterwards, I'm saying when when they, she, she has to heal the guy from getting shot. How do these questions not come up?
1: They will, they will, and they'll probably happen. You see them riding off to Castleiac, and uh, that's kind of how we end. That's right. And I agree with you. I think that that she's gonna she's gonna have some splaining to do, Miss Claire.
0: <laughs> I, I liked how they also they, they didn't take. Time to make it seem like, like this woman was something extraordinarily special. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just kind of treated her as if she was just a woman. I mean, they listened to her because she was different. But when the guy's like, "You have enough time to dress his wounds and get him healed," and that's it, and we're moving on. And it's not like they're they're spreading. They're not like sitting around waiting for her. They're not entranced by her. Yeah. You know, and then and then the final scene when they they show the castle that you saw where where Frank and and Claire got it on it, when it was all run down. I like, I like that that's how you refer to this I know, castle. yeah. They, they, you see the castle and it's, in its glory. It's, it's totally built up. I, I really thought that was a great scene. It really brought you back to the original timeline.
1: Mm-hmm. To the 1940s, even though, exactly, even though it was 200 years prior. Yeah, because
0: I wonder, as just a show watcher again, are they going to go back and forth between... 18th century in the 20th century how often are you gonna see that is Claire gonna travel back and forth if you remember the tea leaf lady she ended up saying your marriage line splits it splits into forks usually what happens is it ends and then it begins again but your marriage line forks which means it implies at least that the marriages to whom I imagine who were already swooning over which is Jamie that marriage will happen concurrently with the marriage to Frank. So does that imply that Claire is going to be in one end of the spectrum and at the other end of the spectrum at the same time? Is she consciously aware of both the mar- marriages at the same time? Like, it, it, in her life in the 18th century, is it just her consciousness or is it her body? And Or if it's just her consciousness, is her body still living, breathing, acting, Going on in life in the 40s. Oh, the time traveling conundrums continue. right? I know, right? And like, th- this is the problem that you get with time travel because now you get idiots like me who sit there and say, "Well, what about this?" Mm-hmm. And then, "What about that?" Now, I-, I can always suspend my disbelief to be within the show and and to to enjoy it as it's like propelled. Yes. And shown. I do wonder because they put that forking reference in there for a reason. For a reason, I yeah. You know, and like, it's making you think. So is she is she going to be battling it or okay let's also just say for the sake of argument that she does go back into the forties right what's going to happen is she just going to disappear in the eighteenth century and just go back
1: yeah like does does life get paused or is she gone for that whole entire time and then does she show back up I think that's a really interesting question you know when it when and if I mean assuming that the fork means there's a fork yeah. if she goes back will people have noticed or will it be kind of like the chronicles of narnia yeah where they come out and they're like did you miss me you're
0: Here like I you were am. gone for like two seconds yeah. what are you talking about yeah. bro they introduce you to these characters in the 40s they introduce you to frank and they did a great job in making you care about claire and frank as a couple you saw them interact the first half hour of the show for god's sake was taking place in the 40s and i think it would be disingenuous as a show and as a story to introduce these characters that you care about, they make you care about, and then all of a sudden rip them away entirely. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be, it'd be intellectually disingenuous.
1: Well, and also then you also have Claire who you know, was just asked by her husband, did you cheat on May? And so if you're thinking about these two marriages that may happen since the fortune teller Mrs. Graham had said it. Yeah. How, is, how is Claire going to handle that? Since she has been so faithful and it is so important to her.
0: Yeah, does she think that she is stuck in the 18th century? Mm-hmm. Now, my first inclination would be to go back to that freaking rock formation and touch that bad boy again and be like, yo, hey, white light, please. White light, I'm going back. Yeah. You know, but okay, so let's just say that she realizes she can't do that. You're right. Is she, she going to be unfaithful to Frank? Is it unfaithful? Is it like the is it like the area code thing?
1: <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, you know what in happens in, in
0: Inverness <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the 18th century stays in the 18th Who, century. Yeah. I, I oh, know. here's an, here's another even question. Okay. Okay. Let's just say she gets an on with Jamie, right? Okay. All right, and then and then she gets pregnant. <gasps> what, oh, what my what okay, oh. my God. Okay, you ready to blow your mind? <laughs> <gasps> Well, you're if she, going
1: off on like crazy tangent okay. right now. I'm going to stop you. Okay, just, you're stop, canon, just stop you're me. All right, fine. Out of All right, so
0: I'm going to lose the listeners. I'm the sorry. Thing that,
1: I think she took time traveling a little too easily. If I suddenly was thrown into, I mean, she obviously figures out little by little, I was thrown into a different time period. I would be bugging out. Girlfriend is smart and she knows if I bug out and I'm crazy, they might treat me like a crazy person. She's very, very wise. I don't think I could have been as wise and, and
0: undercover as Claire did. Especially if you get thrown into the middle of a battle. Yeah,
1: that's some scary stuff. Good thing that she had her little history lesson with Frank the couple days before. All right, Blake. I think everyone's heard enough about you and my perspective on this episode, so let's hand the reins on over to our listeners. We had some great feedback on Instagram and also Twitter. Here's this week's listener feedback. Pixelchick three up on Instagram said that she loved this set design, costumes, acting, and being close to the book. Sam, Kate, and Tobias nailed the character. She is very happy overall. Susan on Twitter, Susan Fields, 1953, absolutely loved this episode. She has already watched it, mind you, on, on like the streaming, mm-hmm.
0: at least five times. Whoa, timeout, girlfriend.
1: Susan is a dedicated fan. Are that a girl. And it is beautiful, and I can understand why you watched it five times. She said she's going to watch it with her dear husband, who is currently reading Voyager. And oh. Megan Field uh, on Twitter also said that her favorite moment mm-hmm. out of this episode would have to be the look in Jamie's eyes when Claire was scolding him for not informing her of his gunshot
0: wound. (laughs) That was great. That was a great moment. I love it. I love what she's like, give me the iodine. Don't you have anything? Alcohol. Give me alcohol. (laughs) And they're like, oh, okay, got it.
1: So you already touched upon your theory of the week.
0: Yes, which we're is, always
1: going to have a theory of the week from mostly Blake's perspective since I do think that they're going to be sticking pretty clearly clearly to the book. So I don't want to influence my theories too much. Um, so Blake, your theory once yeah, again, we're going to
0: call this the outlandish theory of the week. Love it. Love it. That's what we're going to go with. Outlandish theory of the week. You ready? Yes. As I said before, the ghost that what's his name ran into? Frank is going to be Jamie and it's, it's Jamie's ghost. And this is the whole time travel thing. He realize, he eventually finds out that she's from the future and he goes into the future. Well, it, he doesn't go into the future, but he sees her in the future. Because back to the future. We're going, we're going back. <laughs> he's back. Um, he, 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 goes, he sees her and he loves her and, and, and he's longing for her for some particular reason. I don't know what it is yet, but he's watching over her. Mm-hmm. In that particular time
1: and you said your favorite moment from this week this is also something we're
0: going to be touching upon favorite moment by far was the Druids dance oh my god nailed it totally hit it out of the park I liked the show I thought it was I thought it was nice it, it, it was it was fun I liked the characters they they had me wrapped around their finger pretty early. But what sold me on the show was the dance. Was there
1: anything that you would have liked differently or didn't necessarily like about this episode?
0: I I, I already touched upon it and I'm just going to highlight it again. Only because I'm a little worried about it was the on the nose, not necessarily informative voiceovers. It was, I mean, it was a part of the show. I get it. Like I love, like Goodfellas love the voiceovers, you know, uh, Wolf of Wall Street love the voiceovers. get it, love it. But on TV shows, it really has to enhance the viewing experience. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, and if somebody out there wants to tell me how it did, I'm more than willing to listen. But these voiceovers, they either have to stop or they have to be more in tune with giving me something that I'm not already seeing on the screen. Yep. You know, like you pointed out the flower thing. Don't tell me you love botany. I see you picking up the flowers. Looking at the books. Uh, lo- lo- looking at the books and all that stuff. Don't tell me show me
1: because you're able to do it a lot quicker girl exactly. I, I agree my favorite part as i said was the scene where she realizes she's back in time and people are shooting at her and honestly so much of that i think is because of bear's music yeah huge props to the composer
0: bear mccreary of walking dead fame and bsg fame by the yes. way yes
1: the however i wanted to point out my favorite shot was when claire and frank were going into inverness and everything was gray. The weather was gray. The buildings were kind of gray. But what stood out was the pop of blue on Claire's jacket, which I am lusting after that coat. I need to find out where she got that. And then the red of Frank's bags. If you just go back and you watch that little scene, it is so beautiful. It reminded me of Amelie, how, Mm -hmm. you know, there were those few pops of color.
0: The thing I also liked about the show too was when she's like, hey, when she gets back into the 18th century and she's looking out over the town, you're so used to seeing the town with the lights and everything, and then she looks out. And she says, "Where's Inverness?" And, and the guy's like, "It's right there. It's, it, it. That's people, where it people is. are sleeping. That's why the lights are out." And, and like, it was just totally dark. Yeah. You know, there was nothing there. Yeah, loved it. I thought I thought that was a really cool juxtaposition of the time periods.
1: Ladies and gents, we have had a blast watching episode one and talking about this. As you got to hear, listener feedback is a huge portion of our show. There are different ways that you can reach out to us. Number one, find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Outlandercast.
0: You can also reach us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash OutlanderCast.
1: You can email us, believe it or not, here you go, here's the theme. OutlanderCast at gmail.com and we also have a website ready it's really original
0: <laughs> OutlanderCast.com
1: and last we're also on Instagram so here's the scoop reach out to us let us know your feedback if there's things that you loved if there's things that you didn't like we want to hear it
0: you can also reach us on our hotline we have an OutlanderCast hotline you can call in it goes straight to voicemail we're not going to pick up the phone and be like hey what's up bro <laughs> What's your favorite part of the show?
1: <laughs> but you can leave your voice a message and we can hear your voice and, and we can it, share it.
0: And the number here is 6730.
1: Most importantly, we need you to head on over to iTunes, subscribe to Outlander Cast, rate and review this episode. The more that you rate and review, the more people will join the conversation, will find out about it because this is all thanks to you and we just want to continue sharing the love of all things Outlander. And we
0: want to thank you for listening to us, but we also want you to, I encourage you to go listen to other Outlander podcasts. Everybody is talking about this show. There's a lot of buzz about it. It was at Comic-Con. And there's other great podcasts dedicated to this show. People who've read the book, people who have not read the book. They have fans. We, we're we going to have you guys. Let's all interact together. Spread that love.
1: The first one that we want to recommend is the Outlander podcast. Two devout fans. They've been podcasting about it for about a year now. Big, big fans of their podcast.
0: The other show we want to plug to is the Scott and the Sassanok. Now, I don't, know if, I don't know if they're a husband and wife team, but it's a guy and a girl. And you want to know what's really cool about it? What is it? He's like a real Scotsman. Yay. you know, He's going to get the books at the library. You know? Wow. You know, you like that? You like, you like my Scottish accent?
1: Um, I think I'm going to listen to their podcast for the
0: accent. You know what I think? I think they <laughs> should try to mimic my accent and I'll mimic their accent.
1: That would be a great, great, fun little thing. I think
0: we should should totally do that.
1: Okay, a Scottish man pretending to be a Boston and a Bostonian
0: pretending to be a Scot. No, anyway, what what I'm saying is go listen to those podcasts. They're great people, very smart, very informative, and I'm sure they'll catch things that we miss and vice versa. And uh, spread the love. Go rate them. Review them. Rate and review us, too. And if you give us fives, well, then... I think I'd be really happy about
1: it. And we'll read it on the air. We'll read all of your reviews on the air. So remember, all these comments, if you are a devout fan of Outlander and you know things, you don't need to worry about sending us your theories. Tell us what you loved, what you didn't like, things that you want to talk about in regards to the show. If, however, you are just a show watcher, Blake and I want to hear your outlandish theories. We want to hear all about them and what you think might be happening. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of Outlander Cast. It has been a blast, guys. Can't wait to chat with you again next week. I'm Mary.
0: My name is Blake.
1: And this is Outlander
0: Cast.